You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So this week, Randall and I welcome back Preston Dennett, very, very longtime paranormal researcher, author of 22 books. And that was just yesterday, right, Preston? <laughs> yep, that's right. Okay, that's what I used to say when I wrote a lot of those books on technology. In those cases, though, they were such rush jobs. You know, I'd be writing a thousand-page book that give me six weeks to complete that book. And you never got paid as much as the time was worth. Kind of a rat race, which I'm no longer involved in. In any case, I think we were all talking here about the fact that we're doing this right after Thanksgiving. And obviously, those who live in California are concerned about the weather and the forest fires and such. What part of the state do you live in, Preston? Well, I live right near the Wolsey Fire, actually. I live in Reseda in the San Fernando Valley. My brother lives in Topanga Canyon. Uh, they were in the evacuation zone. Yeah, it was pretty intense there for a while. Though this happens pretty regularly. I, we've dealt with this for, gosh, every five years or so, something like this seems to happen. But this was a bad one. Gosh, Northern California, that's where it really hit hard. How did these fires get started? You know, we've been hearing uh, some rumblings, uh, conspiracy theory type stuff that people are actually setting them on purpose in, uh, as part of some sort of underground terror activity or something. Is there? What do you think about that idea? You know, anything's possible. There's lots of people out there who are just intent on destructing. As far as the Woolsey fire, no one seems to know quite how that one happened, except it was up near the nuclear rocketdyne complex up there in the, I mean, see the Simi Valley area or just south of there. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious myself to see how these are all going down. It is dry. I have to tell you, I mean, 10 years ago, there was water in the creeks. Now that's just dry and trees are growing where, you know, water used to flow. Yeah. So it, it doesn't take much to keep it going anymore. Once it gets started, no matter how it gets started, it's just it's it's a real challenge down there for you guys to get fresh water. Yeah, I'm thinking of moving at some point because that's one of my fears. There's like over a million people here in the San Fernando Valley. That's a lot of people to have all your water being you know sourced in. Yeah, it's it's a huge amount, and they talk from time to time about uh, you know building pipelines from British Columbia down to help you guys out. So I'm I'm not really sure where that's headed, but uh, yeah, but it's. Super big challenge, but I suppose that the United States is so filled with people who, when they're motivated, do pretty much anything they need to do. And you're right near the ocean, and there's lots of water there, and there's new technologies for desalination and that sort of thing. So, you know, I think you'll be okay in the long run. Yeah, I think so. We just got to divert our attention to more productive things. Now, it's interesting about California. I love California, love the L.A. area. I like San Francisco, though I don't like driving in hilly environments for various reasons I don't want to get into. But the thing that kept us from once moving to California was the fear, my wife's fear of earthquakes. And that was before we would have a fear of fires. But now they couldn't pay me to go there. No. <laughs> yeah. I've been through a number of earthquakes. Shoot, I remember the Northridge earthquake really well. It ran out onto my balcony. I saw these earthquake lights rising up from the ground. Couldn't believe it. 
all the transformers were exploding, exploding, but there's been talk about UFOs and, you know, so-called earth lights. And I can talk, you know, with experience on what these things look like. Just this huge sheet of light, really bright, coming up out of the ground. It's crazy. Now, one of the things I look at when I say I'm skeptical about direct contacts with UFO entities is if ET is so all-powerful, why aren't they helping us? Um, well, you know, it's a million-dollar question, isn't it? I think that they are helping us, and I've got a lot of evidence to support that. My first book was called UFO Healings. What I wanted to do was write an article about people who had been physiologically affected in a beneficial way as a result of their encounter, because I knew of about five or ten real famous cases. I'm sure you've heard of them. The police officer who was healed of an alligator bite, a baby pet alligator on his finger. A doctor in France who was cured of paralysis and an axe wound on his foot after being struck by a beam of light from a UFO. A bunch of cases like this. A Peruvian customs official went out on his balcony, struck by violet beams of light from this object, cured him of nearsightedness and rheumatism. Well, I found over 100 cases of that, and that was in 1996. Since then, I've got about 300 cases. Now, you compare that to things like Rendlesham and the Cash Landrum case, where people were seriously harmed in proximity right. to a UFO. So how do we reconcile one with the other? It's not easy. I tell you, I have many people who are healed and injured as a result of their UFO encounter. I don't know. There, what I've found is that ET behavior is pretty much under the same umbrella as human behavior, maybe skewed a little bit towards the more positive in that it's, I don't see what I would call sadism or torture or you know, wanton murder on the part of the ETs. But uh, otherwise, I mean, there's a full-on bell curve. Some people have pretty horrendous experiences. I remember there's a case investigated by Constance Clear. She was killed in an accident not too long ago, unfortunately, but she was a great Midwestern researcher. And she was dealing with this client who had missing time encounters. And under hypnosis, he just, all he recalled was these harrowing medical experiments being done on him. It was not nice. Uh, so, and he had a healing of kidney stones at the same time. So it's very difficult to reconcile. Well, one of the things I always worry about with, in the case of abductions is when you use hypnotic regression, it's so easy to be influenced by expectations. And certainly if somebody thinks they've been abducted and goes to a hypnotist, they expect something to happen. But the other right. possibility here is that what they remember is a screen memory. I'm not talking about the owls and the eyes. But the experience of undergoing some kind of physical examination, that is the screen memory for the real event, whatever it is. I think it's entirely possible. I mean, because we don't screen memories happen. My, one of my books, Inside UFOs, covers like 10 of my most extensive cases. It's one of my recent books. Only two involve hypnosis. Anyone who goes under hypnosis, they already have a lot of conscious experience with this stuff. So really, I mean, any arguments of false memory syndrome or fantasy-prone personalities, this can be laid to rest pretty easily, I think, and conclusively, because there's a lot of people who are having fully conscious experiences. Yeah, there's no question yeah. about that. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the favorite cases in my book is this Navy medic. Good witness, trained observer, military guy. Uh, he was on a ship with his crewmate, who was the, a personnel clerk. And uh, they became friends because they had the same cabin. And one day his friend's like, you know, I'm a UFO contactee. And Kevin, the guy I interviewed, Kevin Kamen, like, well, no, you know, Kevin believed in UFOs. He had always believed in him because he did a school paper on him when he was a kid. But here's his friend saying, oh, I've been to other planets. They take me on their ship all the time, you know, uh, been visiting me since I was a child, this sort of thing. And so Kevin turns to him and says, well, if that's true, I want to meet your little green friends. And so his friend, um, I'll call him Peter, uh, says, okay, I'll see what I can do. A couple of days later, Peter comes back and says, well, I went to your house. Kevin's like, what are you talking about? Peter says, well, starts to describe Kevin's house in perfect detail, which is impossible because they're way out there in the middle of the ocean on this Navy ship. And here's the weird part. The details Peter was describing were about 10 years in the past. You know what? Although, let's do it. Let's do a break here, Preston. Preston Dennett, talking about personal encounters. People meeting E.T.? With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag... All sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. Great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Deagle, MD of Nutramedical.com. Announcing the breakthrough Red Deer Velvet DR. It delivers the protected building blocks of all organs and tissues, allowing your own stem cells as architects and engineers to regenerate you. Not since fetal life, when aging does not occur, has such an amazing Nutramed been available to help heal you and regenerate you. Anti-aging requires that you correct mineral, activate nutraceutical, and jump the gene defects and poor diet you have to deliver the cellular tools for regeneration. You must remove old damaged cells and replace them with your young healthy cells to wind the biological clock to a younger you. Order your Red Deer Velvet DR now at Nutramedical.com 24-7 or 888-212-8871. That's Nutrimedical, N-U-T-R-I, medical, M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. Or call our order line, 888-212-8871. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So this is, you know, a part of UFO research that a lot of people dismiss. But... There are people who believe that they have met up with some kind of entity or being that appears to come from another planet, or that impression is conveyed. And you're talking here about somebody whose friend claims to have met E.T. and saw his home, and I assume he didn't know where he lived, right? Correct. Okay, so he didn't know where he lived, but then he sees the home 10 years earlier explain yeah well this is what really upset kevin even more than the accuracy of the details because it was impossible that this guy could possibly know these details about how his house looked like 10 years ago the only way it could be is if these guys time traveled which is what peter was saying that the ets picked him up and took him to kevin's house and so he's saying all this and kevin's like all right well i want to meet your these guys a couple of days later peter comes down and says all right Go on to the deck. They're there. You'll get to meet him. Kevin's thinking he's joking, but uh, it's lunchtime, you know, high noon, and the deck's just a short way away. Kevin goes up on deck. Lots of people are on the ship. You know, it's a 600-foot ship, and uh, looks up, and there's this UFO, this giant kind of diamond-shaped object, really beautiful, covered with colored lights, almost translucent, and at least twice as large as the ship itself. 
he freaks out, runs over to the nearest person and starts shaking him saying, you know, look at this thing, look at this thing. And for some reason, he couldn't get anyone's attention. And next thing he knows, he's looking down on the Navy ship as it's receding into the distance. And he's apparently inside this object. That sounds almost like an altered state of consciousness where he was, at least mentally, in a different place and saw something. But doesn't that also convey the impression here that maybe that's partly what's going on? When someone has this experience, they are not part of this world as we know it, at least as far as the consciousness is concerned. Yeah, I mean, we know that there are many cases where people have reported a missing time abduction, and they're not there. They're not in their bedroom. You know, they're not where they're supposed to be. Uh, Enough cases like that to say that these people are being physically removed, in at least some cases. Some cases, it appears they're just kind of pulled out of time into another dimension. He was scared. He was freaking out. He actually pinched himself till he bled and was just really shocked to the point where he he could hardly believe this was happening, but otherwise felt normal. You see, that's another thing I always wonder about with abduction cases. And I talk to abductees and they're very sincere, and I'm sure something happened to them. We can't get a picture of this happening. So if they're in their bed when these beings supposedly takes that person aboard a spaceship, there's no photograph of that because either something happens to the camera Something weird happens and never gets captured on film or digitally. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I've looked into this. There's got to be, what, a million abduction cases? Because according to the Roper poll, one in 50 people have this experience. Sounds like a lot, but J. Allen Hynek said one in 40. Bud Hopkins said, yes, it's a hidden epidemic. Uh, I agree with that. I think there's a lot of people reporting this abductions more than is publicly known. Almost none of these cases have been photographed or really even observed at all. But I did find a number that of observed abductions. There was a really good case in Hailey, Florida in 1979, Iliberto Cardenas, driving down the road with his wife and another couple, four people in the car, car stalls. They pull over, they're opening the engine to try and figure out what's going on. When this UFO appears over them, pulls Iliberto right up into the ufo in full view of all three witnesses everyone's screaming this ufo darts off a couple of hours later they find filiberto a few miles away out in a field a great case it's very well documented and there's a number of cases like this another in england june 30th 1988 a bunch of people saw martin cohen being pulled up into this beam of light in leeds park and another person actually saw him being returned an hour later These are really kind of rare outlying cases, but uh, observed abductions do happen. That's really interesting because we don't often hear about those. And you've done enough research to be sure that these aren't hoaxes or fabrications or urban legend? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say for sure because there are controversies surrounding some of these cases. I did a whole, this is one of the chapters on my latest book not from here. And uh, I found about like 20 cases and some we know for sure. I mean, the Felix Moncla case where this is a military case in 1953, where this pilot is flying over Lake Superior being vectored towards a UFO. He basically merges with the UFO 
and the UFO darts off, and uh, he's never seen again. Uh, there's a case in Australia involving Amy Rylands, who uh, her roommate, Petra Heller, saw her being pulled out into this object, and the object took off. They called the police. They couldn't find her anywhere and eventually found her eight hours away at a gas station. Um, she was so traumatized, she couldn't even remember her own name. So there's cases like this. A case from Leonard Stringfield. He's a great researcher, very well respected. He talked about a case in Hobbs, New Mexico, where a farmer was drove up to his house and this UFO was chasing him. He screeched into the driveway and the UFO pulled him inside his pickup truck right into the UFO. And he was never seen again. And his whole family watched this happen. So there are a lot of cases, you know, where this does happen, but not enough to be statistically significant in terms of the actual number of abductions that I think at least are really happening. I would think also they get more publicity. I mean, when they came out with a new book about Calvin Parker, about Pascagoula, published by one of our friends from the UK, Flying Disc Press, I kind of sort of expected then that we'd see a lot of activity and a lot of interest in the case, and that one's doing pretty well now. But we don't hear about these other events, the ones you're talking about, and they sound as sensational as anything. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a squelching effect in the mainstream media, for sure, on this subject. A lot of money has been spent towards that by the military, our own tax dollars, to debunk this phenomena continuously. Your tax dollars at work. Right. So um, it's nice to know our government is working hard, but it's in the wrong direction. They're working against us to cover up this phenomenon that they know darn well is absolutely real. So you're uh, thinking here that someone in the NSA or the military picks up the phone and calls the presidents of CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, whatever, and says, in the interest of national security, you cannot write about this. They call the publisher of the New York Times, the Washington Post. The same thing. That's something we should talk about in our next segment. Is it possible that there is this level of control about UFO information? Because this is the legendary silence group, so to speak. With Preston, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. A new government report on climate change has been released, and the findings go against President Trump's stance. The White House report was quickly issued on Black Friday, with critics saying the administration had made attempts to bury the report in the public eye and continued denying climate science. The report frequently contradicts the president, who has often questioned how much climate change is caused by humans, and said recently, after seeing the California wildfires, that he hasn't changed his mind on climate change. No, I have a strong opinion. I want great climate. We're going to have that. But... The report from outside scientists and officials with 13 federal agencies warns wildfires and hurricanes are getting worse. It also details how global warming is hurting each U.S. region independently. You're listening to USA Radio News. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800 610 5739 Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens, and we're proud to promote amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Visit GCNLife.com for products like Luminesse. The Luminesse Anti-Aging Skincare Line restores youthful vitality and radiance to your skin, reducing the appearances of fine lines and wrinkles with stem cell technology. There's also Instantly Ageless, which works within two minutes, reducing under-eye bags, fine lines, wrinkles, and pores. Jeunesse has products to help you with how you look and feel in a very short time. Noble-nominated Dr. Vincent Jampapa has designed several products helping the body perform better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they're available up to a 25% preferred price discount. See all of the amazing Jeunesse products at GCNLife.com or call toll-free 1-844-443-6637. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we're here with Preston Dennett as we hear Randall talking from another dimension there with all the echo because he's being taken away from us. He's, they're coming to take him away. Ha ha. No, that's... I don't know if you all remember that song. Remember when you ran away? No, I don't want to get into that. In any case, Preston Dennett, do you think that the scenario I pose, and I'm not saying I take it seriously, I don't take it completely seriously, that scenario represents reality? Uh, I think to a certain extent it does, and maybe closer than we think. Uh, There's a book called The Missing Times by Hansen, which really goes 
into detail on this, but it's this insidious kind of policy sort of instituted many years ago saying that UFOs aren't real so that it's not even seriously considered. I mean, they don't even really need to do that because UFO stories are not going to be run. They've been so effectively debunked by like the Condon Committee and this policy by the Air Force that when anyone sees a UFO, they're said, oh, you're lying, you're misperceiving, or you're hoaxing, you're on drugs. This policy is still in effect. Right, that so, goes back to uh, the Robertson panel. In Ruppelt, he was really not a big, big uh, supporter of that. And it wasn't long after that Robertson panel, all those recommendations came out, including recommendations to uh, actually ridicule his pilots. If necessary, he took really great exception to that. It wasn't long before he was transferred. You know, do you think that was just a coincidence? Oh, no. I mean, J. Allen Hynek talked about this. Project Blue Book was a, really a farce. There's a case in Nevada. See, I wrote a series of books on each state and studied each encounters, you know, in each state thoroughly and found that this, this Air Force policy was pretty pervasive. A case in Nevada involving an airman who had just graduated from school pretty well-educated, comes upon these landed discs, three of them, sees them pretty clearly, gets out of his car, examines them, and they take off. Well, the Air Force was more interested in debunking him and making him look like a fool and were ordering all these psychological evaluations than in investigating the actual incident. They were more worried about publicity than on what actually happened. It's a real problem. You know, what I really like about you, Preston, is you're just telling it how it is actually we find that there, uh, some of the people in the field there they're a lot more cautious about what they're willing to say and and believe and uh so far I, I certainly can't argue with anything you're saying because they do they have kept it secret that anyone who says that they haven't tried to keep things secret hasn't looked at all the freedom of information requests that were successful in retrieving documents that they said never existed in the first place how much more proof do you think we really need yeah i mean one of the chapters in uh let's see it was not from here volume three i think was focused on cases of ufos that hover over mines you know like iron mines or copper mines and there was a case in California, Brush Creek, where these two miners, John Black and John Van Allen, I believe, uh, were doing their titanium mine. And this UFO kept hovering over it, started coming on the same day, once every month. It actually landed there. They saw tracks. Then it landed again. They saw the humanoid. Uh, by the time, you know, it had landed on the 20th of each month. So when July 20th rode around, People were showing up in large numbers to see if there was going to be another encounter, which there never was. But what's interesting is the government was very interested in this case and sent over investigators. I've got a document marked confidential, which shows how they were investigating this Brush Creek incident. And it's only one of many in which UFOs are hovering over mines. And our government, we have documents showing that they're watching this very carefully, like the Belgian Congo mines. There was a case in the 1950s. There's a document on John Greenwald's you know, site, Black Vault, he specializes in this sort of thing, government documents, which shows our government is very interested in this phenomenon and have been and still are. Right. Mines, reservoirs, power supply centers, military installations. I mean, are we seeing a bit of a pattern here? 
Yeah, which is exactly what we'd expect. This was, you know, what what we, it looks like extraterrestrials, beings from other planets. I know there's a lot of theories to you know, say UFOs might be this or that, time travelers, interdimensional. People even believe it's demonic. I had to look into that. The transports from hell theory. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a relative, my wife's uncle, who believed in all that stuff. But that's another story. Yeah, I've looked into it. I tell you, I bought all the books on demons. I interviewed people who were, you know, quote, possessed. Uh, Did my own ghost cases. Uh, It's a real phenomenon. It's not UFOs. It's not aliens. I still think that you look at the evidence objectively, the best theory which fits the evidence is the extraterrestrial theory it's still maybe not proven to us publicly but if we have the ships you know if we have the bodies and i think we do there's enough whistleblowers now i've certainly talked to some most researchers have uh, that we can say this is extraterrestrials we're dealing with here by extraterrestrial you're you're dealing with the specific subset the interstellar hypothesis in other words so not simply like something perhaps from another universe or maybe another dimension although i don't think that's really possible but to specifically interstellar from another star system i mean that's what it looks like these objects are hovering over our our metallic mines you know pulling out our copper and our gold there's a case where they hovered over a uranium mine in texas and basically depleted it when the uranium was dug up in this 250-foot circle, uh, the uranium had turned chalk white, and it was no longer active. So uh, their interest in that alone makes me think, well, you know, wh- why? Do they want our metal? Are they studying this? There are cases where they've landed and are pulling you know, stuff out of slag heaps and stuff like this. So yeah, I think that points for the fact that we're dealing with metallic objects. I did another study on the smell of UFOs. <laughs> That turned out to be really interesting because it's not something you hear a lot about. Right. You and I think Joshua Kutchen, is it? Gene, that, that he's, yeah, does the uh, research on smells and food and so on as well. Yeah. Well, what I found, I examined about 50 cases, was that the odors are rarely reported. But when they are, they fall into two main categories. One is sort of an electrical ozone metallic odor which I think points towards the fact that we're dealing with ships, you know, with metal (laughs) and very powerful power systems. Uh, But Mm. the other was a sort of an organic odor, which was described often as like not pleasant, sort of cheesy or funky, uh, stuffy, uh, sulfurous, not pleasant, like a locker room. So that I think points towards uh, an organic smell, something we're dealing like, you know, like a living being, which is exactly what Whitley Strieber reported. He actually wanted to smell them because of this and reported that they sort of cinnamon or a wet cardboard smell. Backing up a little bit, this is interesting on how we're extrapolating some of the properties and behavior of them from these types of uh, stimuli. So when you were talking about the miners who were saying that these craft came back on the same day each month, that kind of uh, suggests, strongly suggests that they're working on a time system and a calendar system of ours, not theirs. So that kind of implies that they've studied us enough to know about how our calendar system works. Hey, you know, I never thought of that, but I mean, it- 
because if they come yeah. from another star system, why would, you know, their months and days certainly are not very likely to line up with ours that perfectly. They must, they must have uh, adapted to our time system somehow. Well, I do have a, a case where these guys went out to rent a cabin in the Southern California desert. And uh, they were all just walking around. And one of the guys, he wandered off, comes back and says, oh, my God, I just had an encounter with, you know, these hybrid aliens. They took me on their craft. And uh, I interviewed the guy who talked to this guy. I'll tell you what, let's let's have that interview summary in our next segment. Preston Dennett talking here about very, very close encounters with possible ETs with Gene Randall and Preston. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. Makes the perfect stocking stuffer. Get your Bug Assault today and save $10 on the Bug Beam Laser Combo only at BugAssault.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go. With water filtration systems of every size for every budget, now GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Homemakers, groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at ReadyToEatBacon.com. ReadyToEatBacon.com. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I am 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. 
Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Okay, so why don't you continue with that description, Preston Dennett? Yeah, these friends are at this cabin, and uh, this guy is telling the story about how he came upon a landed UFO, and they invited him on board. They were very friendly. They said they were studying this area. They looked mostly human, except were bald, had largest heads and largest eyes, but not grays, almost human, so hired looking. They told this guy, if you'd like to come with us, we'll take you with us. And he's, the guy considered it for just a second, like, no, I don't think so. And these ETs told him, well, we're going to be back next year at this exact time. So if you want to come with us, you can come with us. Show up. And uh, he told the story, and none of his friends believed him except the guy I interviewed, Tony, who had had a number of paranormal encounters and believed in UFOs and really thought that this guy was telling the truth. Well, a year went by, and the guy actually started giving his stuff away. And uh, Tony's like, you're going off? You're going to go try and do this? And he's like, yeah, I think I will. And he did. He drove off. And uh, they found his car with the keys in it, never found him again. There was a whole police investigation, but no, this guy's gone. Apparently, he went with the ZTs on an uh, appointment that they made a year earlier. What do you think of the whole sort of David Pilates thing then? Do you think maybe we've got some kind of uh, abduction taking place in the parks out in the wilderness or something? Or what, what do you think of that? Yeah. I think he's doing some outstanding research. There are a lot of missing persons, and it it concerns me. Uh, Only tying it to the UFO phenomena is still tenuous at this point, because there's only a few cases, really, where we can point to someone who said that they've seen a UFO, and then they're missing. I mean, how would you know whether UFOs are doing this or whether it's, you know, agents here on Earth? But it does seem to be an enormous problem that's not really being talked about, and you have to wonder about the huge number of missing people. What is going on here? Right. There's another sort of conspiracy theory that talks about ufologists that have died allegedly under mysterious circumstances. And there's, what do you think of that? You've probably run across it, you know, especially ones that have maybe aren't necessarily involved specifically with ufology, but also the Star Wars project, the scientists that have 
either gone missing or died under rather bizarre circumstances. You know what I'm talking about there? Oh, yeah. This is talked about definitely in the UFO field. I wrote a little bit about this, I think, in one of my Not From Here chapters. I mean, it kind of started with Roswell, didn't it? When there was a lot of people who were treated rudely, you know, Frankie Rowe and all these people talking about how government came to their house and said, basically, if you talk about this, you'll end up as bones out there in the desert. You'll be dog food. And uh, some missing persons involved with the whole Roswell case. Uh, That happened with the Rendlesham case as well. There were some controversial suicide cases that didn't look like they were suicide. Uh, This is a real problem. Uh, The James Forrestal, I'm sure you've heard about him. He was. Oh, yeah. um, Yeah, there was some rumors that there was some kind of MIB involvement with him, right? And he figured that they were coming to get him and they found that he'd gone out a window or something like seven stories up or something like that. Right. Yeah. They say he committed suicide, but um, a lot of researchers don't think he did that. He was basically forced out because he was going to go public. I mean, you can go all the way up to, you know, the Kennedy assassination uh, who he was supposedly about to bust this whole subject wide open. Right. They found some uh, memo that he had requested a bunch of UFO documentation from NASA. Uh, not long before he was assassinated. And uh, you'll see that in these crash retrieval cases, the government works very hard to cover this stuff up. Look what happened to David Jacobs, Dr. David Jacobs, not, you know, the author. The, he was a guy who was a missile expert at Vandenberg Air Force Base. I believe it was in the 1950s where they launched an Atlas missile. Uh, it might have been later than that. But at any rate, he was in charge of photographing it. And photographed this UFO going around the missile, shot three little beams of light at it, and the Atlas missile went into the ocean. His superiors brought him to the office and said, what is that? And uh, Jacobs is like, well, that's a UFO. And his superior, Major Mansman, said, no, you can't ever tell anyone about this. This never happened. Well, eventually he did. He went public. And uh, as a result, he lost his job. He was threatened. He received death threats. His mailbox was blown up. Uh, But he persisted, and researchers actually contacted Major Mansman, who turned out was to be dying of cancer on his deathbed, and said, yes, this all happened. So that whole case has really been busted wide open. But a lot of people who go public with this stuff, they suffer bad. I wanted to bring up Roswell again because you mentioned it. Now, Kevin D. Randall, who studied Roswell for, what, 30 years? wrote this book a few years back, Roswell in the 21st Century, and he disassembled a lot of the memories and stories about Roswell and came up with the conclusion that there's no evidence that the testimony about possible bodies holds up. There is no evidence, obviously, that was a mogul balloon, or at least very little, that something happened, but we don't know what it is. And my concern about Roswell, forgetting about Kevin Randall for a moment, is that if we captured a real advanced aircraft, what, 70 years ago, 71 years ago, why don't we have any evidence at all of reverse engineered technology? Or do we? Yeah, well, there's a whole money power control system going on that's keeping this very tightly controlled, I think. And there is a lot of... Uh, rumors, at least, that the back engineering 
has been going on as far as Kevin Randall and uh, Roswell. Roswell happened. It's not just depending on Kevin Randall, who was definitely one of the lead investigators, came to MUFON LA once and just bashed the whole Roswell case. So I kind of know what you're talking about. He's backpedaling pretty darn hard. Right, uh, but he's not saying that Roswell didn't happen. He's saying that a lot of the things we assumed about Roswell could not be confirmed. uh, It's completely wrong. And I'm really upset. He's kind of on my naughty list. I feel like he's... I'm I'm wondering if he's debunking this case. Like Kent Jeffries did, the Roswell Declaration. There's a lot of people trying to control this case. It's the granddaddy of cases. There's hundreds of witnesses. It's not going away. I know people think you might be beating a dead horse, but I'm not giving up on Roswell. I want to see that darn craft. I know it's there. There's enough evidence. We've interviewed people who saw this thing on radar, people who actually saw this thing coming down, people who guarded it, people who carried the wreckage. I mean, Walter Hout, he's another great witness. I doubt he's lying. I don't think Glenn Dennis is lying. I don't think Frankie Rowe is lying. There's an enormous number of witnesses to support this case. And uh, I don't support anyone who's trying to bash it or debunk it, because I think we know it's real. Well, something happened, that's for sure. Um, uh, You know, I I really love your enthusiasm and how you you are just so pro there, here, or at least they've been here. I, I think that you go out even further on a limb than I would. Uh, I would say that there's really no verifiable material, scientifically valid evidence for the existence of them. And then then every time we try to get some, we end up in these blind alleys and with nothing, you know, just with sand slipping through our fingers every time. And and like you, I, I believe that they've been here. I don't know if they're here at this very moment, but how do we go about convincing other people who need that material evidence? Yes, I see exactly what you're saying. Um, we've got this mountain of circumstantial evidence, which is almost conclusive, but just misses the just there by a hair, really. I mean, we've got radar return cases. We have thousands of landing trace cases, some of which are extremely convincing. We have metal fragments cases we've got all kinds of stuff like this. i mean we have the craft themselves and that would solve the problem it's this darn cover-up the proof is within the public arena look at the implant evidence no we can't hold these darn implants what happened to the implants you know the roger lear's research why isn't anyone else picking up on that there should be a lot more interest in that sort of thing but with the implants do we actually have an implant that we could show with a microscope. This is made from advanced technology. Even the most advanced computer chips can't keep up with this. Would we even recognize alien technology? I want to get into that with you. And it's not from necessarily a disbeliever point of view, but just being appropriately skeptical, I think. We've got Preston Dennett, paranormal researcher and writer. Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-318-1251. That's 800-318-1251. 800-318-1251. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have advanced technology, interstellar travel. If we capture the aircraft, I ask, where's the evidence of reverse engineering? You say, well, maybe it's being kept secret. Or would we even recognize it? Would it be like handing today's iPhone with its A12 chip and all that stuff to somebody in the 15th century? Or hand it to Christopher Columbus? Well, you know, as far as reverse engineering, there are a lot of reports out there. Of course, we know Colonel Corso and his claim about fiber optics and night vision and so on. Well, yeah, that's nonsense because you could trace fiber optics back to... Germany in the 1930s. Right. Who also have rumors of having captured craft, by the way. Uh, but there is this meteorotic rise in technology in the last hundred years, the industrial age, which we can trace most of it, but it is bizarre that it happened so fast and so quickly. We're stuck with these kind of testimonies from whistleblowers. And uh, there's a lot of them. I-, I talked to this gentleman who contacted me from his hospital. And he's like, I want this story out before I die. He was a subcontractor at Edwards Air Force Base in construction and uh, was out there one day doing a job. I've written a lot about Edwards Air Force Base, and there's a lot of stories coming from there. 
This is a firsthand one. And he said he's walking along with his employer across by this uh, warehouse sort of thing, this hangar, and looks in and sees this tiny little 10-foot, looks like a flying saucer, and it's floating right there. And he turns to his employer and says, what's that? And his employer didn't answer, but with his eyes said, don't talk. You know, we can't talk about that because he wasn't supposed to see it. And they walked by it. And uh, the guy I interviewed kept asking him and his employer refused to answer until about 20 years later when his employer called him up and says, I need you to do a job. And the guy I interviewed says, I know I'm not doing it unless you tell me what I saw 20 years ago. And his employer said, okay, that was from alien technology that we reverse engineered. It's a craft and it uses electromagnetics. And that's all he would say. So I think it ha- does happen. Well, that's, you know, or it's an urban legend or it's just something that's somebody, I mean, I don't know. I would tend to think that, you know, Gene has a point. If that's the case, we should be seeing a lot more of that technology out in the public by now. Yeah, it's it's ironic. Here we have the best evidence, absolutely proof, conclusive alien artifacts. And what is the evidence that we actually have this eyewitness testimony? Maybe a good time to bring, we've got a a real, it looks like a, you know, maybe skeptical believer on the forum, and and he's got some questions here. So let's get those out of the way because you know they're kind of dealing with this kind this this issue here. And and he, one of the questions he asks is is you know what's your personal beliefs with respect to the phenomena? And uh, I think I'm getting it pretty clear. But wh- what do you really think we're dealing with here? Um, you've said uh, interstellar uh, alien intelligence, biological entities, or can you just uh, Describe, like, what do you think we're really dealing with? Yeah, oh, I can tell you personally, I get three main types of entity reports. I think we're dealing with people like us, but different, coming from other planets. And there's greys, there's praying mantis, and there's ones that look mostly like us, basically human-looking. There's a catch-all category with, you know, short humanoids, tall humanoids, tall whites, so on variations of the humanoid form for whatever reason that seems to be almost universal and uh that's what i think we're dealing with i think the evidence is out there it's government documents which show this has been going on for a long time we've got evidence ancient aliens we've got land trace cases we know animals reacted this there's electromagnetic evidence there's angel hair cases which is a substance that's released from ufos uh, which we've actually analyzed and got some interesting properties. So there is a lot of evidence. There's you know implant evidence. There's the medical evidence where people have been burned or harmed or even healed as a result of this stuff. A lot of circumstantial evidence. And we probably have the craft themselves. So we're blocked. And we're in a situation where it's being blocked, but seems to be a movement towards disclosure. I'm right. And I think I think that answered also question number two, which was, you know, where is in the right here and now the physical evidence or proof of the material existence of of UFOs as alien craft, which I think is really how we should be looking at the problem as well. We're not just talking about vague lights off in the distance or UAPs, which is something else I'd like to ask your opinion on. You know, do we really need to change the the wording? Or 
should we yeah. stick with UFO and go like, no, like you, the U.S. Air Force couldn't tell us they were alien craft. They concluded they were alien craft, but they had to call them unknowns. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like the term UFO. I'm not thrilled with it. Um, UAP, I don't. It's war- not any better. I mean, unidentified aerial phenomena. What does that say? I think at some point we're going to have to decide what we're dealing with here. And if these are craft, then let's call them craft. And if these are extraterrestrials, well, ET craft. You know, there's all these words, entity, being. <laughs> it was a figure, yeah. a creature. <laughs> Creatures kind of, I mean, they're not animals, as far as we know, any more than we are. Right. Doesn't that just get you, like, when the news comes on and somebody says, oh, they saw a UFO the other night. And then, really, it was just a sort of vague light off in the distance at night that could have been you know, an airplane landing or something. Yeah. UFO is a terrible term. It could mean anything at all from a fire. You know, it's an unidentified object. It could be a, a bug. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's sort of the, the layperson's perspective. But when you get looking at how the U.S. Air Force defined it, it's anything but just something like that. It's, in fact, they define it out so that you can only look at it in terms of something that isn't a natural or man-made object or phenomenon. And so what's left is an alien craft of some kind, but they couldn't say that. Yeah, at some point, I, don't, I, I think the term UFO is here to stay. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we know what it is. It means a UFO, an alien yeah, craft. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, and I don't have a problem with that. You know, it's not the best, but we're, I think we're stuck with it. Okay, so question three here. What has MUFON really achieved to date? What is its condition, philosophy now? And what it's what about its future? They've had some crackpot guests on. He says, Derek um, says claims, and and I guess I can't uh, disagree with that. Just what's your what's your view on that? Uh, move on, citizen UFO groups. The first one was APRO, the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, Jim and Carl Lorenzen, and uh, it went well. They got a lot of members. But they're at some point infiltrated uh, by the CIA. They got proof of it, and uh, it collapsed at some point, as did all the other citizen UFO groups that became very influential. They all have problems. NICAP had a real problem at some point. QFOs. Uh, now, MUFON is the biggest one. It's been very effective, but it never seems to grow too large. It's a few thousand members, you know, three, five, seven. It uh, should be much larger. I don't quite understand that. Uh, I, I support MUFON. I, it's had troubles with its leadership. <laughs> um, I think it's probably being closely watched by our government or whoever is controlling you know, this phenomena, the military complex. Uh, so I don't know if MUFON's days are numbered. There's going to be other UFO groups at some point. There's uh, there is now. There's New Fork. There's all kinds of UFO groups. UFOs are very popular on the internet. Uh, but MUFON has a lot of really wonderful people in it. Uh, it's still the biggest organization out there. It's pretty effective. But I worry that things aren't being pushed harder to sort of get the proof out there and make this subject. I mean, people think, ah, oh, UFOs are kind of interesting and spooky, and, but they don't affect my life. We've got a break here, Preston. I want to ask you more about that and what progress MUFON has made 
in 50 years. Preston, Dana, Gene Steinberg, Jay, Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811, brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. 
Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Suppressing here. I have had some problems with MUFON of late. I think MUFON has been a little too credulous about accepting claims from people about time travel and presenting stuff like that. But I have seen MUFON for 50 years, as you have, and I don't see the progress. I mean, are they trying to find out what UFOs are or evangelizing the ETH theory? Uh, I think they're doing the best they can, given a situation where the subject is being uh, actively covered up. You know, I've spoken at many MUFON meetings. I'm a MUFON field investigator. I took their test. I got like 97. Would have gotten a perfect score, except I made a couple of stupid mistakes. Uh, it was a hard test, by the way. Lots of questions on all kinds of science stuff. I, I support MUFON because I know that there's a lot of great people in it. But you're right. It hasn't had a whole lot of great progress. Where's the proof? We've got these kind of blurry photographic cases. We've got a lot of eyewitness evidence. This phenomenon is very elusive. For whatever reason, it's not giving us the proof. It could easily. If ETs wanted to end this cover-up, they could do it right now. But my point is that this is an important subject. This does affect people's lives. If we really do have this technology and we're sitting on it, well, that could cure the economic crisis, the energy crisis, and the environmental crisis in one fell swoop, which is really what's facing us hard right now and is destroying our planet. And that's actually the number one message from ETs when people are taken on board. The most common thing is being physically examined, but if someone gets any messages, they're usually about warnings of ecological disaster, alternative energy, or spirituality in some form, often alternative healing, Uh, this sort of thing right but it's never anything new and you'd think if they really want us to have the information that they wouldn't be going about it in this isolated manner they could simply broadcast it on an open channel to everybody why do they keep it secret then well look at it this way the ufos someone's taken on board it's got a very strong medical theme that runs through it there's all these healing cases ETs are very interested in the human body. They've got the healing technology. So if we've got the UFOs, then we've got this ET healing technology as well. But I think the ETs know better than to just hand it over, because if they gave it to us, we already have a real problem with our warlike ways and our overpopulation. We're just going to use it to heal soldiers and send them out into the field again, and our population go out of control. It would be abused. That's our pattern with technology. So I think that they're nervous about that and are trying to uh, get us to the point where we can 
handle it in a spiritual sense where we're raised up to the point where we can get along with each other and not kill each other and work for the advancement of humanity rather than each other's destruction. We've heard that message since the movie Day the Earth Stood Still, where E.T. comes down in the form of Klaatu and his robot policeman, Gort, and he exhorts scientists, get your acts together or we will act in a way that preserves the peace, which is to get basically destroy the Earth or destroy the population. But with the ETs that these people meet, they say we've got to follow peace and brotherhood, but most of the time they contact unknowns who have no influence on anybody. And even then, it doesn't seem that the message goes anywhere. We've heard this message, what, since the early 1950s? Yep, same message, whether it's, you know, the contactee era or greys or the praying mantis or all the ETs are giving the same darn message. This sort of brings up question four from Derek here. Uh, when we were talking about MUFON and how this, these messages get out and it, the message is actually seeped into every part of modern culture. He, he's saying or asking maybe somewhat rhetorically is ufology now you know, think Tom DeLonge and To the Stars Academy, just another branch of the entertainment business. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's certainly been exploited for that, hasn't it? And a lot of the top-selling movies of all, all times deal with ETs. Certainly, I think it's something that's going to per, you know, become pervasive in all aspects of culture. From our video games onward, it's in advertising. It's all over the place. I think when something's happening, humanity has to deal with it, we start using our creativity to sort of absorb it into our culture as best as we can. The ETs are here, well then, it's definitely going to start affecting people in their art and music and uh, so on. So it doesn't surprise me a bit. I mean, look at the popularity of science fiction. I think that is in part because we're dealing with this real phenomena. We both agree that we're not dealing with fabrications, misidentifications, and hoaxes. And in all of these cases, there is a residual number that represent actual alien craft here on or near the Earth. And that the powers that be, they know about them. Like, I might not be so quick to say, well, yeah, they actually have one, or they've reverse engineered one, or that they've done as much in the way of analysis of crashed saucers as other people. But I have no doubt in my mind that they know a whole heck of a lot more about what's going on and where they come from than the average person. Let me rephrase that. I think we know too, but they've got the actual evidence that would be sufficient to prove it to people like Derek, for example, on the forum. Is there ever going to be a day of disclosure? Well, you know, I started investigating in 1986, and they're like, oh, disclosure is coming like next year. Well, that didn't happen. And every five years, that seemed to happen. And it's happening again, you know, right now. I've heard rumors that there's going to be, you know, by 2020, we're all going to know. NASA said a couple of years ago that we think in like five years, we'll have proof of extraterrestrial life in our universe. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you guys, you already know. You and I, we know they know already. And if you and I know, how many other people out there already know they know? So how many, you say, tens of thousands of people who would probably be in the same wavelength as you and I, basically, that they know and that it's real, do we need 
before we can just say, well, look, let's stop trying to convince people that it's real and move on to the next step. Well, it's not going to be real until, you know, officialdom at large accepts it as a real phenomena. And it might not be the U.S. It might be, you know, Brazil or Canada. Who knows? Might be Chile. Some of these countries have official UFO investigative boards, which are still, you know, active. It might come from somewhere else, but it could domino across the world. It is going to happen. And I think they have to do it because we're at a point now where the evidence is becoming in the public arena. We've got, everyone's got cell phones. An event could easily happen like Phoenix Lights again, or Stevensville, or what happened in Mexico City, or there's these waves of sightings that are continuing. There's a campaign on, on the ET's part, I think, to sort of do a grassroots movement and let them know, let us know that they're real. As far as disclosure, I can't see it going on another hundred years. We'll go into this more because this is a point of view that isn't always accepted. Preston Dennett, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. A major scientific report has been released by 13 federal agencies on climate change. The report paints an almost doomsday scenario predicting more catastrophic storms, droughts, and wildfires if immediate steps are not taken to slow or stop global warming. The Trump administration decided to quietly release the report on the world's weather and its effects on things like hurricanes and wildfires, both which have cost this country in particular lives and money. The report says these kind of disasters will get worse. Reporter Eric Rostin of Bloomberg News. It was written by 300 or so scientists, about half of them employees of the federal government, another half from universities and and, uh, other research institutions. You're listening to USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. 
And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144-800-280-2144-800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, the assumption based on what you're saying is the major Donald Kehoe assumption, which is that UFOs are real, UFOs are extraterrestrial, the government knows the facts, they've kept it secret now for 70 years. And we get occasional alleged whistleblowers, but that's about it. What if what's really going on is the government doesn't know what we're being faced with? It's a matter of national security to protect our skies. You know, there have been some whistleblowers, but we cannot prove that there's anything to disclose. We could say, look at all the sightings and maybe there were crash retrievals and all that. We can't prove there's anything to disclose other than the government wanting to know if there's a security matter involved, and that's it. You know, the party line is UFOs are not real and they are not a threat to national security, when in fact they are. They are absolutely a threat. I think the military is very concerned about this. From a military standpoint, they have to be. If these objects are coming down and hovering over every installation we have. They hover over prisons, by the way. They're checking out every installation we have. And look at the reports coming out of you know some of our missile locations, such as Malmstrom with Robert Salas. Or, or they're hovering over our nuclear power stations, Indian Head, New York. That power station, very well testified case in which UFOs hovered right over it. So they're clearly interested in our technology. They're monitoring all our launches into space. White Sands, every time they launched a rocket in the 1940s and 50s, these UFOs would show up. They were tracking them on theodolites. China Lake had the same problem. Stephen Greer talked about the case in Seal Beach, where more than 400 employees saw a UFO hovering over the Saturn rocket. But close, watching us very closely, 
from a military standpoint, that's got to raise huge alarm. Something is out there. We can't explain what it is. But that doesn't mean the military knows what it is. I think that the evidence that we've got shows that they know perfectly well. I've interviewed enough people that we're looking. We can see that these are metallic craft. Uh, People have gotten close enough to measure radiation on them. There's all kinds of cases with that. Supposedly, these craft have been captured. I mean, there's not just Roswell, certainly. There's the Paradise Valley crash in Arizona. What you're talking about here is a Paradise Valley, Arizona. I live 25 minutes from Paradise Valley. When did this happen? That was back in the 1950s, I believe. I'd have to look it up, 1953 or so. It was one of the first UFO crash retrieval events to be revealed, which was in Frank Scully's book, Behind the Flying Saucers. No researchers would look into this phenomena for years and years. He was really the first. And his book was pretty badly debunked by a lot of researchers, but have later turned around and come back to it. Now it's pretty darn accepted by, I'd say, the majority of researchers that crash retrievals do happen. Let's go to Aztec, because I dispute that. I interviewed on our After the Paracast show, which is part of the Paracast Plus package, Monty Shriver, professor, engineer, etc., who was retired, a guy in his 80s. He lived in Aztec, New Mexico, in 1948, when this alleged crash occurred. He remembered nothing. There was no contemporaneous knowledge of this. He talked to his friends at a class reunion. As I said, no contemporaneous knowledge that anything crashed there. And I read the two books that Scott Ramsey wrote. Actually, the first book and the second, a slight revision with a larger publisher. A new page, I think. There is no real evidence that anything ever happened there. The only mention at the time was the book by Frank Scully, where he encountered a couple of con men who told him this story, and he wrote about it. But that is an unconfirmed case. I can't see any evidence that it ever happened. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, the Ramsey book did have Eitwin's testimonies in it. Maybe one or two, and mostly people who remembered or were people who couldn't be located or people who remembered someone who remembered someone. I mean, if you talk to people who lived in Aztec, New Mexico, in 1948, as Monty Shriver did, because he's from that area, and nobody knows of anything. Nobody knows of anything. If it was like Roswell, whatever Roswell ours, a balloon, a spaceship, a test aircraft, whatever Roswell was, people remember something happening. The memories of what happened there are threadbare. The evidence is threadbare. You can't take one or two people recalling something and make a whole story about it. Because who knows what the memories were 30, 40, 50, 60 years later. They might be remembering Roswell, some of it. We don't know. We have basically the one case where they, what, they use some kind of tire iron or something to break the glass to see what was inside the craft. What was that? Yeah, I remember that. He used a pole to reach across it and open it using a lever. Um, that's the Aztec case. You know, a lot of these cases do rest on only a few testimonies. As far as the Paradise Valley case, that broke with Ray Fowler, who's a very well-researched researcher, uh, who interviewed a man who signed an 
affidavit saying, this is what happened to me. He was taken to this location uh, in a blacked out bus and told to photograph and study where this craft had hit the ground. It was his job to sort of determine the, how fast it was going based on the skid marks on the ground. And he, he was an accident analysis? Analyst? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and uh, he saw this craft, and it was not one of ours. And he saw the bodies as well. And uh, he was the first witness who, now we know his name. It used to be, a, or I believe it's Arthur Stansel now, but he it used to be a pseudonym that was put out by Ray Fowler. We now know who it is. Uh, a, a scientist, and there's been other witnesses coming out for this case, but still only a few. The Kecksburg case is another example. We've got a scattering of townspeople there who saw this thing go down, saw the military take something out, uh, but it's substantiated only by eyewitness testimony. Uh, a lot of cases like this, though. There, I did a book on California. There's a number of cases. New York, Nevada. Uh, they all have cases involving uh, eyewitness testimonies of UFO crash retrievals. What I think about all of this is that there's, you know, Gene makes an excellent point about Aztec, and that's a really good show if you get a chance to uh, listen to it, too, by the way, Preston. Um, I think this, the truth has got to be somewhere in between all of this. In other words, like, Gene, you know, when you say, where's the evidence that they're covering something up? Well, we know because they said there was no evidence. And then people, like I mentioned earlier in the show, would file a Freedom of Information Act request, and they would get documentation that they said didn't exist about UFOs and UFO sightings. So, you know, there's the proof that they are hiding something. It's, we're not getting the actual craft itself. But we're cer certainly getting proof that they are covering something up. What exactly? That's another story. All of these cases, when you get looking into them, it gets really hard to be entirely sure that you're not dealing with some sort of a story that's been passed along and grown and become like a, you know, a fish tale in some sense of of the word. I mean, there's very few that I've run across, including a number that you mentioned, Preston, that, that don't succeed in planting that seed of doubt in my mind now, whereas I once used to really think, oh, this is really good. No, because I subscribe to this skeptical side of things as well. Like I read the sunlight, I look at all of the different cases and I, I go, well, you know, you have to take that into account. We've got to take this into account, folks. More to come with Preston Gene Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. 
Okay, he's becoming one of those people with the cones on his head. He's a cone head. <laughs> so Randall is not a cone head, ladies and gentlemen. If he was, he'd be very rich now. Although that Conehead TV show didn't do well, it did well as a Saturday Night Life, Life sketch. In any case, Randall's continuing to talk about alleged crash retrievals, and it gets to the same point. How much evidence is there beyond Roswell of any other case that might involve this? Aztec, I think we throw out the window. There's no real evidence brought up there. The others, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to agree with you on that, Gene. But yet we still have these fabulous stories. We still have way too many people who've had an experience to say that there's not something there. It's just that every time you go to these high-profile cases and you really want to dig into them, it seems like you always end up like uh, Kevin Randall, where the, it seems to slip again like sand through your fingers. And you're going, well, we really don't have anything. It's just a story. Yeah, well, I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't think the UFO crash retrieval can be covered up forever. I think the evidence shows that this is happening. We've got enough whistleblowers to say it's widespread. Robert Wood has done a lot of research into this. It's not just these few cases. There's hundreds. Like you say, most are based on just a few eyewitness testimonies, which is real unfortunate. Yeah, it's hard to prove these things when it's being actively covered up. Another good case we haven't mentioned is the Virginia-Brazil case. Here we have a case where a lot of people saw this ET basically walking through town. There's a lot of good evidence that this did really happen. So I don't know. It might not be proof, but to ignore this and say it's not actually going on when we've got all these people saying that this happened to them, that would be a huge mistake, I think. Okay, of course, the one the case in yeah. Brazil. The case in Brazil is interesting and certainly something we should cover further. We had A.J. Gerverd, one of the top UFO researchers in Brazil, on the Paracast a couple of times, and we talked about it. I'd like to do it again and get kind of an update. Yes, I agree. That's a case that should be explored further. Yeah, I think there's a number of them. You know, this is a worldwide phenomenon. I know England has cases like this, Russia, a lot of countries do. I think, I'm guessing that there's sort of a higher level cooperation on whoever, who's ever controlling this phenomena. I do think it's tightly controlled. Um, but I'm convinced at this point that we do have these craft. And it's Roswell is a good case, certainly. And it's New Mexico has, gosh, when I did a book on it, like five or 10 crash retrieval cases. California had a, a good number of them. All these states have these stories. And, uh, yeah, it's part of this phenomenon. It's only started to be investigated in a serious way that uh, from investigators, but with the go- our own government military controlling it, it, our hands are really tied in a lot of ways. I think Friedman would certainly agree that uh, they've got something, um, maybe not to the same extent that, that you're suggesting, but uh, he's written a couple of good books about that. and. You know, he's he's very convinced that they have something in the, in terms of material evidence. I'm not sure how good of shape it must be in, and I'm not really convinced that they've done any back engineering that that has worked. But they certainly know. must know more than we do. When I first heard about you, you were talking about, and this is where this was my introduction to you. You were I 
You were talking about undersea UFO bases and sightings that were going on off the coast of California. And uh, I'd really like to review some of those, if you could talk a little bit about some of those. Yeah, I started investigating that. In the very beginning, I got cases. Uh, a lot of activity off this one stretch of coastline, which was about Santa Barbara at the north end, going down 25, 50 miles, a little more even to, say, San Clemente. Sort of the stretch of water between Catalina Island and the mainland, the Santa Catalina Channel, the San Pedro Channel, this area, starting in, I found cases from the 1920s to basically the present day in this one sharply defined area. And I started at some point, I'm like, huh, this is really bizarre. I found out all the other researchers already knew about this. Ann Ruffle. Uh, back in the 1970s, she's like, this area is a huge hotspot. We should put this on constant observation. Bill Hamilton got a bunch of cases here. Yvonne Smith, Robert Stanley, all the researchers have known about this for years. So I started documenting all these cases. And to date, I've documented about 150 um, of these objects above the water or going in and out of the water. So there is no area I know of really on our planet, certainly not in the United States, anywhere on our coastlines, that has this level of activity. Gosh, mile for mile, it's got to be one of the most active USO areas on our planet. My question is why? That was sort of the first data point pointing towards could there be an undersea base here? Why is there so much activity in such a sharply defined area over such a long period of time? Can you go over a couple of the better cases for us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. A great case occurred in 1956, Redondo Beach. A bunch of people saw this object glide out of the sky and land right in the water there, a couple of hundred yards off, huge orange glowing disc. Uh, Lifeguards came to watch it. Police from two local uh, communities were watching this, Hermosa Beach and Redondo Beach. A night watchman. A bunch of people gathered. There was you know, a group of 20 or more people watched this thing sink beneath the water. It was glowing there. The lifeguards, you know, which were Navy men, sent out a boat and hovered over this thing in the water and could see that, it, yeah, it was about 20 feet across. And uh, then it just went dark. The next morning, they sent out Navy divers with Geiger counters. Couldn't find it. Didn't find anything after that. But uh, after... Following this incident, it received a lot of publicity, and they said the Coast Guard released an explanation that what people saw was actually a buoy, a light buoy, a buoy with a light on it. And they showed a picture of it. It was about a foot across, and like, this is what people saw. And uh, which is right. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, the local investigators, Jim and Coral Lorenzen, and a couple of other pioneering guys said, no, I mean, there's no way. People said it was 20 feet across. You know, this came out of the sky, don't forget. So this is sort of a pattern we've seen in this particular area. But I've got cases where these objects target boats. A really interesting case occurred in the 1980s with an electronics engineer on the sort of northern edge of all this activity. He's heading out one night. It's a foggy night. And he sees this green glow ahead of him. And he stops his boat because he can't tell what this thing is. It's got no normal navigation lights on it and realizes it's coming for him and it's underwater. And it goes right under his boat. 
his depth sounder says it's about 100 feet below him before his all his le- electronics completely fail. His compasses are both spinning, and one spins so quickly it falls off its moorings and is broken. He's getting really uh, nervous at this point because this thing is large. It's bi- way bigger than his boat, uh, a couple of hundred feet across at least. And finally, it just moves off. And uh, his electronics go back on, and he's uh, on his way. But a number of cases just like that. One guy was on the, off the coast of Catalina Island, when suddenly right under his boat, it lights up, he said, like a swimming pool. This sort of square of light completely freaked him out, and then it went off. Uh, something is going on down there. And uh, what I find really interesting, actually, is I've got four cases there, which involve not 10 or 20 objects, closer to 50, 100, or 200 of these objects coming up from below, not from above. And uh, how do you explain that? I mean, if they're, this type of case is pretty rare. There's a case in New Mexico, the Farmington incident involving hundreds of objects. There's a few here and there. There has three or four of them. And, uh, that makes me think, God, you know, there must be a parking lot down there if there's not some sort of base. I wonder if some of them, just as thought here, might be explained by, you know, how you said you saw the earth lights with the earthquake. Well, the, I imagine that that must take place out in the ocean on the ocean floor as well. I wonder if there could be some kind of tectonic energy release out there that could produce a phenomena that people might confuse or as is with a craft of some kind because it's, you know, it was too far away to determine exactly what it was. Let's do our break here, and we'll get into more about undersea UFOs. A real interesting phenomenon, and even if we disagree about the crash retrieval evidence and other stuff, this is really interesting. Preston Dennett, author of 22 books on the paranormal. Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag... All sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. Great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. 
What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. Before we go on, let me talk to you about the other radio show. After the Paracast, where we do a wrap-up, where we continue discussions that began on the core show. It's a really fascinating episodes in recent weeks. We also give you a version of this show free of the network ads. And you get all this stuff and more stuff. For prices beginning at just a dollar forty-nine per week, which is less than a cup of coffee at even a convenience store these days. Well, one has it for a dollar nine today with tax, but anyway, if you want to know more about the Paracast Plus, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. Preston Dennett is our guest. Randall, go ahead. We were just talking about some of the really interesting cases off the coast of California that you've logged in some in your book, Preston. And uh, we were saying, well, I wonder if some of these could have a natural explanation that has to do with those earth lights that you described seeing earlier. I don't think so. I looked into the earth lights and yes, there are a lot of cases involving sort of amorphous lights and unexplained lights, which are a little ambiguous. There's also a lot involving metallic craft with you know little colored lights around the perimeter and things that are obviously constructed so i don't think the earthquake light is gonna you know hold up i was contacted by a coast guard captain uh, who really was hoping for the some sort of natural explanation for what he saw which were these donut shaped sort of rings of light below his boat this was not in this area that was off more towards the haiti area uh, but he saw it with his fellow companions, three of them, uh, a number of these ring-shaped objects, which were 10, 20 feet across, uh, and he saw, gosh, a dozen of them at least, and they were blinking on and off, and he's thinking, could this possibly be a natural phenomena? And, you know, after we talked about what he saw and uh, looked at what's out there, no, it was clear that these things were constructed. They were moving in sort of uh, intelligent ways. And that's another thing we see. There's intelligence behind this phenomena. I think the real question is, could it be military? In this particular area, there is a number of military bases. There's Point Magoo at the north end. San Clemente Island is pure military. That's just beyond Catalina. Seal Beach Naval Weapon Station's at the south end. A lot of military in this area, but I don't think it's military for a number of reasons. Uh, one is a lot of the people I've talked to and a lot of the witnesses are military themselves, and they're completely baffled by what they're seeing. 
about 20% of these cases, the military is chasing them in their jets. A number of these cases, they're hovering over cars, over homes, chasing them down the road, putting on displays over large population centers. This is completely contrary to how our military behaves with their advanced craft. There's too many of these cases. They've been going on for far too long. There's a lot of reasons why most of this isn't military. Right, and and or something just natural. I mean, okay, maybe bioluminescence could explain some of the patterns, even donut-shaped rings, but it's not going to explain that rising up out of the water and flying off or hovering over a car. Exactly, and there's so many cases. I mean, you can point to one and say, him. Maybe that could be explained by a sort of a weird, I mean, it's just a weird glow in the water. That's hard to discern what it actually is. We'll get to that, but I just wanted to interject there. This whole Nimitz case happened off, I think it was a little further south off the Baja Peninsula, right? But basically still off the coast of California, right? Where they saw this object under the water, and then the pilots actually visually saw this Tic Tac UFO out there and uh, tried to chase it with their jets. Yeah, it's it's a great case, and it fits right into what's going on in this area, which is extremely active for whatever reason. Uh, I had a number of whistleblowers contact me and say, oh, you know, there's a tunnel in this area. And I'm like, no, I didn't know that. Well, later, these Google images came out that kind of went viral about this Malibu anomaly right off the coast of Malibu underwater. And it shows what appears to be a tunnel. It's a sort of constructive area with a flat top, pillars. Uh, The Google images do contradict each other because some don't show a tunnel. And uh, there's a lot of skeptics who say, ah, it's just a natural formation. But it looks strange. And I knew about it before. I mean, people were telling me there was something in there, in this area. And after I charted all the sightings, it's right in the center of where this anomaly actually is. Right. That's uh, like uh, on the cover of your book, you've kind of got that uh, in there in the artwork. And uh, there's pretty nice artwork on the cover of your books, too. I want, you know, let's give a shout out here, I think, to Kassara Dennett, Christine Kassara. Yeah, my sister. We're doing some of your your artwork, some pretty nice stuff there. Yeah, I'm very lucky to have her. She's done most of the covers for for my books and uh, illustrated some of the inside of them as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm convinced that there's, I'm not sure that there's a base, but I think I presented a very good argument that there is some sort of base in this area. But I've got cases from all over the world. One of the best cases I heard of was from Ray Sachs, this electrician's mate on the USS Clamagor, which was a, a submarine back in the 70s, which carried actually nuclear missiles. And uh, in 1971, he's heading up the northeast coast there off the coast of the united states at about 12 knots several miles off the coast he's on watch on the they're going along the surface they're not submerged and he's up there with another guy who's on watch and there's the commander and the second in command when this uso shows up comes barreling in from the stern behind them at about 100 knots he said real fast and stops and starts pacing their submarine maybe 50 feet off. It was huge, he said, this huge white glow under the water. The commander turns to him and says, well, what did the sonar people see? The sonar people had no reading on it, but they watched this object pace their submarine for the next 15 minutes, 
And one by one, all the higher level officers came up on deck to take a look at this thing. Nobody could identify it. It was totally silent. And, you know, after about 15 minutes, it just darted off in another direction at about 50, 60 knots and was gone. And uh, the second in command turns to the captain and says, how do you want me to report this in the log? And the captain, the commander says, officers who report this sort of incident do not move up in rank. So it did not apparently get officially recorded. This is all according to Ray Sachs, who I interviewed. Uh, It's an interesting case, and uh, he sticks by it. Why do you think that there's this resistance by the military to explore and try to find out what these things are? Why why would they deny it to each other? I mean, I could see why they would deny it to us, but to each other? That, That just doesn't seem to make any sense. It kind of implies that there's some third level of or higher authority within the military itself that says like you guys just do your job and it doesn't have anything to do with ufos or else i yeah you know what i'm saying it's a little schizophrenic i think what we're dealing with is a the lower levels don't really know about this the ufo phenomenon is not taken seriously and they're have no knowledge on it whereas at the very high levels generals and above they're absolutely aware of it it's a matter of top secret it's hugely important and they're pouring money into it this is where i think the cover-up is lying i mean it's in the within the higher levels of the military particularly the navy the thing is though generals command military hardware and the people who run it and so if they really want the information i mean a nuclear submarine's not a you know, a toy is some of the most high-tech piece of equipment that we have. If you're going to want to know about it or track it or find out about it or do anything about it, you would want those people to investigate it and report it. So this is, I'm just having a hard time figuring out why it would be the case that people would be threatened with some sort of censure within the military for reporting it militarily. It just doesn't make any sense. Let's have Preston's answer on another segment here because we're running out of time. We'll pause for a refreshing moment or not with Preston, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know their good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. Makes the perfect stocking stuffer. Get your Bug Assault today and save $10 on the Bug Beam Laser Combo, only at BugAssault.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Randall posed a skeptical question of you, Preston Dennett. Would you present your answer? Yeah, I mean, well, you're asking why why we cover this stuff up, and it's a difficult to answer because we can really only speculate. There's a lot of researchers have talked about this and the reasons for the cover up, and uh, I think really what it comes down to is money and power. We've got an oil based economy, and if we have the free energy for, of this, well, we it's going to cause huge repercussions in a lot of areas in our society, not just economics, but I mean, there's 
religion to think about. There's all sorts of things to think about. Healthcare, all kinds of areas of society would be really profoundly affected. I'm not sure how this, they're going to handle this, but I think that their hand is being forced because at some point, if they don't, the public is going to come forth with conclusive proof of UFOs themselves, or there's going to be a UFO incident like the Phoenix Lights, where the UFOs stay long enough to say, okay, this is real. Now we all know it. You can't lie anymore. There's a can of worms that's about to be opened. There's going to be some heads that roll. There's going to be a lot of questions about abductions and things like this. And why aren't you protecting people? And it's going to be a mess for a while, I think, if this busts wide open. And that's why it's being tightly controlled. Uh, well, that makes a certain amount of sense then why they wouldn't want to report it to each other, even within the system. If it started out being a, a big secret at the highest levels, then having it be revealed that they've known about it all along down through the ranks would definitely upset the apple cart at the top of the pyramid. Yeah, we've painted ourselves into a corner, basically. And uh, we've had this policy for so long, it's hard to extricate yourself from it. Then again, I mean, this, this is all assuming that they're still here. The reports that we're getting these days don't seem to be as good as some of the reports from the golden age or the early modern era, because we're not getting actual reports as often from military people. Like if we go back to Ruppelt, well, he talks about how his pilots and the people he interviewed at the air bases who were in charge of squadrons who sent their pilots after them and tracked them on radar. You could believe his accounts. He was a very believable person. I don't think he made up any of that stuff. These days, what you have is people reporting it anonymously to places like NARCAP or MUFON or whatever it is. And how do we know they actually saw anything? Well, it's not just that. There's a case recently in Arizona where some commercial pilots saw a UFO and there was another separate plane that saw the same one, apparently. That was just recent. The stories are still coming out. I'm still getting active abduction cases that are ongoing. This phenomena is not slowing down. There was, I think, the real most recent wave that had a lot of impact was the Stevensville wave in Texas. A lot of people saw stuff, lots of you know, police witnesses, photographs, radar evidence. Definitely a real case, but we haven't had that was years ago. Yeah, um, we're, we're overdue. And uh, if the pattern holds true, we're going to see another wave or some sort of incident, you know, maybe like the Chicago O'Hare incident where this UFO punched a hole through the clouds, was hovering over this control tower. A lot of people saw it. Uh, we're going to have something else like that that's going to be impossible to cover up to the point where it is going to reach the mainstream news and. I don't know. It's just, like you says, it seems to hover there at this sort of arm's length. The evidence is there, but we can't prove it. The UFOs are there, but they're not showing up quite long enough to be officially photographed in a way that proves to everyone that this is real. That's been going on for decades. The point is here, maybe it is part of the phenomenon itself that the object or light is always one step beyond us, one step beyond, which means we can never, ever find a solution because there's not one that we are allowed to find. And if E.T. is so concerned about our future, about the fate of humanity, 
Why reveal themselves to relative unknowns whose claims would never be believed? Why not land at Mar-a-Lago and say, take me to Donald Trump or whatever? If they really want to be found, if they really want to be discovered, they could do it. Well, I mean, that sort of has happened. We did have them hovering over the White House. There's the so-called meeting at Edwards Air Force Base in 1952. Others that have been reported in Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico. Um, Supposed official meetings between UFOs and ETs, which have not been made public in an official manner. I think they're doing a grassroots movement, partly. I think that's one of the reasons we have such widespread contact. What I do find interesting is here we have a phenomenon that's probably been around for thousands of years, at least judging from, say, hieroglyphics, uh, wood carvings from the Middle Ages. The Romans called them flying shields. We've got a lot of Renaissance paintings. We've got petroglyphs. We've got enough evidence to say, like, hmm, looks like they were here. But what we don't have is the sort of levels of activity we see now. That seems to be unprecedented. Starting in 1947, this huge sort of super wave swept across the U.S. and the world and hasn't really stopped. If you look at the files from New Fork and MUFON, we're getting multiple reports daily. And if, as a researcher, I know that, gosh, one in 10 people, one in 100 report their encounters. And if New Fork is getting thousands of encounters per year and MUFON is, you can inflate that by at least you know 10 so 10,000 encounters 100,000 per year someone's seeing a ufo at all times there is a lot of activity going on at this very moment and that's unprecedented we've got no reports of abductions really from a historical viewpoint that match what we're seeing today no accounts of landings on a widespread basis so there is seems to be an escalation of activity starting in the 1940s and moving a little bit forward each decade. We'll see what happens. Don't get me wrong. I I mean, I'm, I'm a believer that alien craft are real. I've seen one myself and we've got to get to that question too, as, as to whether you've had an experience of your own, but you know, but if a person, I'm just putting myself, say, in the in the place of an audience member, listening to what you were just saying, we should be able to go out and look up in the sky and see them flying around up there, just like we watch airplanes landing at the airport. Where are they all then, if there's so many of them? How do we explain this lack of evidence? Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to see a UFO, you can. You go to areas like upstate New York or, you know, uh, the Santa Monica Mountains or wherever there's a wave of activity going on that's being reported. Uh, this, it's, I've, I have seen UFOs, and it's not that hard to see them if you really want to go out there and see one. Uh, there tell, are us a, ways to- tell us about your best experience. So the one that used the one, if you've got one where you know from your own experience as a MUFON-trained investigators that this wasn't something from around here i have four or five that i know i mean there was my first i remember i'll never forget it okay preston let's do that sighting in our next segment preston gene and randall you're in the paracast you are listening to gcn Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. faketv.com Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Travel experts say today is actually likely to be the busiest travel day of the year with people who've been on the road for Thanksgiving all heading home at once. And a couple of storms will affect things. In the east, there's some trouble with icing and flooding from western North Carolina through western Maryland and parts of Pennsylvania and southern New York. A second storm is dumping snow on the Rocky Mountain region and by later today will bring some heavy snows to Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan. Mexico is reportedly saying no to a migrant asylum deal with the United States. Reports are Mexico's incoming interior minister said the plan to have migrants stay in Mexico while their asylum claims move through U.S. courts has now been rejected. This follows earlier reports, including one in the Washington Post, claiming the Trump administration had negotiated a deal with the incoming administration in Mexico. And this is USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Raising our voices alone or together. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Fighting for victory on the battlefield and on the playing field. Seeing the world through new eyes and the earth from miles above. Redefining beauty and what it really means to be queen. Making ourselves heard on stage and on screen. Showing the way in Silicon Valley and showing up for others wherever help is needed most. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. 
This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Press and Dennett, the first of four sightings. Go ahead, please. Yeah, first one, 1992 or so. Just started really investigating the Topanga Canyon wave, maybe 93. And uh, driving home late at night. This is in Canoga Park, California, uh, late July. And I saw what I thought was a bird flying towards my car, except it wasn't a bird. It was this round, glowing ball of light about the size of a golf ball swooped down and came right up in front of my windshield maybe two feet three feet a foot it was very close and it went back and forth a couple of times kind of like looking at me uh, my mouth dropped open i could not believe what i'm seeing uh, but it was obviously not a reflection i'm looking at it and this thing dips down and goes straight up through the trees so that was my first that really thought okay that was something uh, wow, like a little miniature drone UFO or something. Yeah. My best sightings have always been with other people who are contactees or abductees. Uh, I was interviewing this one guy, and I had an experience shortly afterwards where I saw this metallic triangular-shaped craft, which must have been about 1,000 feet across and very low. It had three sort of circular indentations on it, rounded corners clearly artificial but you could i saw this during the day again in canoga park uh and it almost was invisible it sort of looked almost translucent as if it was the same color of the sky kind of but i saw it i'll never forget it how did it how did how okay so this sounds really interesting so how did it behave so that you knew that it wasn't something man-made or artificial Uh, for like that we could have made I can't know that for sure, except that it, if we do have something like that, it's not been publicly revealed because it was silent. It was very low. It was huge. It was absolutely huge. And no real markings on it at all, except for the three circular indentations. Like how huge? Thousands of feet across, I would say. Ooh, that big. Well, yeah, that would be large. And- I mean, we've made some very large lighter than air craft that are silent that could hypothetically just hover over an area for quite an extended period of time they wouldn't move very quickly but i don't know of any that would be thousands of feet across that's that's just i think beyond anything that we've made that i can think of it sounds like independence day yeah it's still not my best sighting because that was very fast and uh, even though it's low and it was impressive I'd say my best one was with this lady I was interviewing who was having abductions. It's funny. She was telling me these crazy stories about how she you know, was being taken aboard a craft and had babies and all this stuff. And I'm like, God, this can't be real. She reached out once and kicked one of these gray ETs, broke its neck, apparently. That stopped an abduction in its tracks. I'm like, is this lady for real? Is this lady for real? And I got this real strong impulse to run out into the roof of my condo. Now, I have to tell you, this is not something I've ever done. Um, this has only happened once and uh, ran up onto the roof, brought my glasses. I'm slightly nearsighted and looked up and I had no sooner gotten out there when this light appeared and it blasted me with this message, which is basically were this is us were Wendy's aliens 
this is real. And watch, if you don't believe it, watch this. And it started darting around, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, went down and disappeared. This orange light, maybe 50 feet away, 100, pretty large, not super large. Uh, hard to tell because I couldn't really tell how big it was. You know how far away it was. What What do you mean? It blasted you with this message? Are Are you talking tel- telepathy here or something? Or it's what it felt like. It's like, hi, wow. this is us. Yeah. Don't believe us, huh? And not in so many words, but I felt it. You know, I'm not like super sensitive. I've had a number of paranormal experiences, and this is one of them. Wow, you don't hold anything back. <laughs> I really have to hand it to you. You are a brave person because there are a lot of people that would just go, well, I don't know. Have you, have you t- talked to a therapist about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, weird. I have to tell you, because I've never had that. You're not alone, though. There's definitely other people who've experienced very similar things. Her name is not Wendy, but I'm like, hey, Wendy, you're never going to believe this. You know, this happened. And she's like, wow. You know, I'm like, I, I want to see these ETs, even though I had just had a sighting. She's like, well, I'll see if I can talk to them and we'll set up a sighting. I'm like, That's gotta- absolutely fascinating. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding. She's like, no, I'll call you back. A couple of weeks later, she says, all right, we're going to go off the freeway here on, in Pasadena on 210. They said to climb up this hill and they'll show up. I'm like, great. I brought my camera. I brought my sister-in-law, her nephew. She came with us and we pull off the freeway. You're not really supposed to do that. We climb up this hill. Uh, Wendy and I, we got to the top before my sister-in-law and my nephew, her son, they fell behind and we just reached the top of this hill. She grabs my arm and she's screaming, turns, and I couldn't believe what I saw. It's about a hundred feet away and maybe 50 feet off the ground is this house-sized object covered in golden lights. It's probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It was clearly unusual. (laughs) I mean, really unusual. Uh, There's no way this could be anything that was ours because it stood there for maybe 10 seconds, probably a little less, then started to move slowly away, picked up speed, and darted around the mountain like nobody's business. I mean, it was gone in a flash. I didn't even get a chance to take a picture of it, but I saw it. Isn't that always how it goes? <laughs> you know, you, I mean, the thing is, you were on a, a field trip essentially to see this object. And did you at least bring a camera? Yeah, I brought a camera. You know, other people have done this with me. They're like, oh, I see UFOs and I go out with them. And never, they never show up. <laughs> <laughs> but this time it did. And I was too surprised to actually even remember the camera, really. I wow. did, not, did not really expect anything. Was this in the daytime as well? No, this was early evening. Well, even pictures at night, though, I mean, how can you really, you know, what you saw with your own eyes was probably far more spectacular than anything you could have captured on film, even if you managed to get a, a picture of it. Oh, it would have shown up. It was right there, like across the street. You know, I mean, it was that close. You must be going, ah, you, you know, kicking yourself for not at least attempting to get a, sh- a couple of shots off. Yeah, missed opportunity for sure. Oh, I man. saw it. <laughs> I, I, saw, I mean, I could say now I know this stuff is real, and certainly her case is real. You showed me her darn ETs, literally. So, the, I mean, they, this implies that they're cooperating with her to, to some end. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's like a giant social experiment of some kind. Yeah, it seems to be tracking people's families. That's true in her case. People have this very close relationship sometimes. 
a lot of the cases of the people I've talked to who have had extensive contact, it starts in early childhood. There's a number of cases where people are like, no, I have no UFO history at all. One lady at work, she walked into my desk once. I had a little statue of a gray alien. She screamed. She's like, what's that? I'm like, well, what do you think it is? I'm like, she's like, I don't know, but I saw one of those right after I had my baby. It came and I th thought it was going to take it. I'm like, really? And she told me this you know, pretty amazing story about this gray ET that appeared outside her house and tried to get into the house and couldn't, apparently, was trying to open a window that doesn't actually even open. Why it didn't just walk through the wall, as most you know, people say, I, I, yeah, I don't know. These are so, the, all these inconsistencies. I mean, on one hand, they can extract uranium from hovering above in this deep under the ground, you know, but they can't, you know, they can't get through a locked door. It's, how do we make any sense of all of this, do you think, Preston? You know, it's hard to make sense of just looking at the shape of the UFO craft themselves in this one area off the coast. Here I've got every single shape you could probably list that is out there from pyramids to uh, you know spheres saucer shaped blobs of light blowing clouds cigar shaped manta ray shaped i mean how do you make sense of that i know we have a lot of vehicular shapes ourselves i'll perhaps. tell you what i'll tell you what let's go into more shapes and sizes and ufos I'm Gene, he's Randall, we have Preston Dennett with us, you're in The Paracast Thank you for listening to GCN Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today As you know neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap But not all hosting is the same DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Minuteman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Minuteman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com.
Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. Makes the perfect stocking stuffer. Get your Bug Assault today and save $10 on the Bug Beam Laser Combo only at BugAssault.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. We were talking about the shapes of UFOs, but I wanted to stop very briefly here, because you did mention abductions, and we were in the final segment of the show, and I want to kind of cover a bunch of things at once. Back to abductions. Now, we've had... Discussions with people like Red Pill Junkie and Jerome Clark, and they relate abduction specifically to a different phenomenon, not necessarily an involvement with a flying saucer. So, for example, Red Pill Junkie likens UFO abduction experiences to a near-death experience and cites numerous comparisons. What's your thought? Uh, they're absolutely 100% separate phenomena. <laughs> they're not the same thing. A near-death experience has some similarities. You know, I know near-death experiences very well. I've interviewed a lot of people about them, uh, studied it extensively. And while there are parallels, they're completely separate. People are not taken aboard a UFO. They're not seeing ETs. They don't come back with scars on their body. They're going out of body. They have a life review they go through a tunnel they go to the other side they meet their deceased relatives they get a message of some sort usually of love and uh are told to come back that it's not their time it's a pretty darn set pattern you see a very set pattern in ufo encounters as well there's someone who's captured basically they're taken pulled up a beam of light into a rounded room 
They're usually examined. They're sometimes given messages and they're returned and they often have some sort of physical mark as a result of their experience. So they're completely separate. I, I think what we do see is people who have these experiences come back transformed by them. It's a very sort of a jarring experience that challenges you on multiple levels, both the near-death experience and the abduction. It's challenging physically, spiritually, and mentally. And so people come back absolutely transformed and know that there's something else out there. And that, they're very similar. Yet there are a lot of similarities. But you know the one thing that you can't really get away from, and you mentioned it before, Preston, earlier in the show, is that in some cases, these people disappear completely from where they're supposed to be. They're no longer in their bedroom. It's not like you know you're lying on an operating table and you know your spirit, if there is such a thing, goes floating up out of your body. Everything is gone. There's this period of missing time that is just not accounted for. Right, and people are physically affected by them. I mean, we know. I think that UFOs are a physical phenomena. We know this from the landing traces alone. I mean, the, the fact that animals often detect these UFOs before people, that's something that's kind of interesting. It's not just people who are reporting this. Often people are drawn outside by their dogs barking or their horses acting peculiar or something to that effect. Yeah, they All spook the anim animals, like almost like earthquakes spook animals too, don't they? There's some kind of EM effect. Absolutely. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons to say that this is completely physical. <laughs> Have you ever not, had any missing time? Well, not that I remember. Uh, no, I can't say that I've really had any history of this in my own childhood or anything involving missing time that I can really point to. It is within my family. I know that. Yeah, my sister-in-law has had a face-to-face -face encounter with gray type ETs. My other sister-in-law had ETs visiting her as a childhood and her, you know, as a kid. Both my nephews have had sightings and one had a humanoid encounter. My brother chased a UFO. He's got this weird kind of implant in his arm. I took him to the doctor. He didn't want to go. I finally made him. And the doctor's like, who's a UFO guy? I'm a MUFON field investigator. Immediately saw it and went, hmm, wow. It's right on the surface of his inside of his elbow. And it's this sort of matchstick like object pretty big which they don't know what it is it's a foreign body we don't know there's no scar above it i don't know i mean yeah it's in my family i don't think i've been abducted but i've had a number of real close-up sightings and i wonder about that time i saw a ball of light right in front of my car i could have had missing time yeah because they often go hand in hand together and people don't really realize it in some cases, and unless they happen to look at the clock or notice that it had gotten dark rather quickly. Like the, in the Pascagoula case, when we were interviewing Calvin Parker, he was saying, well, he got floated into this glowing object, and then when they got floated out again from it, it was dark, and the moon was full and illuminating everything around the landscape that they were floating over. Right. Well, I came to notice a pattern, which took years for me to notice, actually, which is when someone sees a UFO, it's how close is it? The closer it is, the more of a chance that you've had missing time. And if anyone's like slightly disoriented about time, or if the UFO darts from one place to another and they don't know how it did that, this sort of thing. When someone sees a UFO within 100 or 200 feet, I tend to think that this is probably more than just a sighting. 
Mm, right. When you get this, the close encounters, ones, the C3s and 4s, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Variant. What are you working on now for your next book? Oh, always busy. Um, let's see. I'm working on a new book about UFO healings. I've got 300 cases now. It's astounding. Cases of people who have been cured of just about everything you can imagine from cuts and bruises to broken bones to a case involving a, a shark bite. Uh, cure. People have been cured of serious diseases like diphtheria, diabetes, cancer, AIDS. Uh, just go down the list. It's insane. That's what I'm working on mostly, but other books as well. Obviously, there have been cases of healings that did not involve the possible presence of UFOs. And the question I'd wonder here, and we don't have the time to answer it, is whether they could possibly be related to the same phenomenon even though we remember them as possibly from UFOs. Yeah, there's all kinds of alternative healings out there, miraculous healings. Uh, so I looked into that as well. People have been healed as a result of a lightning strike, a good dozen cases. I wish we had more time. We're, we must be getting close to the end of the show. we got to get you back, and uh, I'd love to uh, add some more of your books to my library. So I hope that our listeners out there get onto your site and do the same thing. And even if you don't agree, as I don't, with Preston Dennett's viewpoints about UFOs, he has a lot of fascinating information. Fast question, ever see a ghost? I have, yep. Saw my mother's ghost and started doing some haunting research and had a number of experiences where, well, I didn't see them, but I certainly heard them and felt them. You know what? We may be able to do something in terms of a segment on that in the very near future. If someone wants to get more information on what Preston Dennett has done, and it's a lot, where do they go? You can go to my website. If you just Google my name, it should take you there. The actual address is PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Don't forget the official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook, both of them. Oh, those who have been asking about the new site and the Webmaster Anders, He is working on the final stages. He's been backed up with other client work. He's a web developer and marketing person, but says he's going to finish the final steps for our new site. So hopefully it'll be up finally by early December. It's running late, but those things always run late. I want to tell you also about the Powercast Plus. We really want you to join. It's a good way to support the show. But it also gives you the After the Powercast podcast, which sometimes contains part two of a Paracast episode, a wrap-up, special interviews that are not duplicated on the main show, things that you didn't know anything about or were surprised to learn, like Nick Pope. We think of him as a guy who talks primarily about UFOs because he ran the UFO desk at the Ministry of Defense in the UK. He is also a conspiracy theory expert with a skeptical point of view about a lot of things, including the Kennedy assassination. We had that. It's one of the episodes that you can hear on After the Paracast. And one more thing, neighbors, Preston Dennett will be back on this weekend's episode of After the Paracast. To learn more, go to plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. Prices start at just $1.49 a week. $4.99 a month if you join for five years or a lifetime 
We give you special stuff, free stuff. Preston Dennett, thanks for joining us this week on the Paracast. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.